In this week's podcast, we were talking about the gospel. Specifically this month, we're thinking about our story as Christians located in God's big story, our story and his story. And at the center of that story is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's a whole lot of information about the gospel, what it is, what it speaks to us, and we'll never fully plumb the depths of the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yet the gospel is knowable. There are things that we must know. We need to understand what the gospel says to us. The gospel is the good news. It's, it's a message to sinners who need salvation. I love what J.I. Packer said. He said, the gospel is simply that God saves sinners. So listen along this week as our roundtable got together and discussed what they know and what they've experienced and what they feel about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So like you said, the gospel is the good news. And when I think about everything from the beginning of the Bible to the end points to the gospel, points to Christ. Um, From the time that Adam and Eve disobeyed God, there was a plan to send Jesus to earth in a supernatural way and for him to live a sinless life and then die on the cross for our sins. Um, All throughout the Old Testament, you can see uh, links to Jesus. Um, One of the scriptures I found was Romans 1, 1 through 6. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets and the holy scriptures, concerning his son, who was descended for David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God, in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through who we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Christ Jesus. So, Paul's message had been promised beforehand uh, through God's prophets in Acts 26.6, and the gospel is deeply rooted in the Old Testament. Um, and it's summarized by a well-known statement of truth. The new is the old concealed, and the old is the new revealed. Uh, and this means that the Old Testament points to Christ and some scripture uh, to look up there would be Luke 24, 25 through 27, um, which reiterates um, that point. So the gospel wasn't just something that Jesus dreamed up when he showed up. You're, you're, you're saying that it's all the way back in Genesis 3, even. Some say that's the, the, the pre-gospel or pro-evangelium or something like that. So, so, um, so it's all through the Bible. You mentioned Isaiah 53 and the suffering servant. That's not what anybody was expecting, even though it was there. Even the disciples didn't expect it. But that's a beautiful passage. What, what are, when you read Isaiah 53, I don't know if you've read it lately, but what are some of the things that that conjures up in your heart and mind as you're thinking about we're trying to understand some things about the gospel what are some of the things that Isaiah 53 says about Jesus what was going on 
Was it picture symbol on the cross? Um, well, just, you know, it, it tells about how he was beaten for us, you know, how he was killed for us. So, um, you know, that makes me think, too, in the New Testament, whenever he's like, hey, guys, I'm gonna, I have to, I'm, my, my time's coming, like, I'm going to have to die. And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> guys. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> so, you know, that just that's, it's the whole story. It's the whole um, picture of salvation in Isaiah 53. So, Russell said, Jesus lived a sinless life. Why does that matter? He was being sacrificed for our sin. Okay, so maybe you're picking up maybe on the, the spotless lamb yeah. sacrifice of the Old, Old Testament, Old Covenant. Okay. And he didn't, so when we think about his sinlessness, he didn't deserve death. And yet there he is. And so that is something that Isaiah 53 makes abundantly clear. It's, it's his stripes for our healing. God has laid upon him the iniquities of us all. So Jesus says, we have to be very clear, the gospel is saying he's perfect, he's sinless. He never did anything to deserve any punishment. And yet there he is, the Son of God coming. And, and, and the gospel is showing us something. The cross is pivotal, right? It, it, it is the symbol of the gospel in the Bible. And it's meant to show us something. So we're to look on that suffering and make sure that we see that that's what we deserved, right? And that's something that's so hard to comprehend that Jesus lived a sinless life and then that happened to him. He was beaten. I mean, where his mother couldn't even recognize him, um, stripped naked and hung on a cross. And he took not only just my sins, every one of my sins I've ever committed and will ever commit, but everybody throughout history that believes that he was a sacrifice. I can't. I can't comprehend it. I don't think anybody really could. Like, to take on that much sin and to for somebody that never sinned, how that as he was dying, how that made him feel taking on mm-hmm. all that darkness and all that sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the wrath of God poured out on him that was due to us. It, it was our it was supposed to be our wrath. Mm-hmm. That's what sin deserves. So the cross is showing us that. And Jesus takes it. You, you, you actually bring up a good thing that I don't think we talk about enough about the gospel, and that's uh, it's meant to take our shame. Jesus was publicly humiliated. You said he was naked. He took his clothes. So it wasn't just pain and death, but even the shame of it. And I think that maybe that's a message that we as Christians need to hear when we're struggling with our past. Yes, we in our mind know that we're forgiven, by Jesus. Yet we're still struggling with shame. But that's part of what he was he took. If if we'll give it to him. If if we'll say the humiliation he even took, the shame, we're supposed to feel something in the gospel. Feel it deeply. Yeah. I think that's a piece that we need to to hear is uh Am I alone in that feeling? Sometimes old sins come up. I think that's part of the faith. Well, 
It's, am I going to believe what the gospel says? I'm forgiven? That's a, that's a radical message. Not just that I'm forgiven, but I'm restored. I'm not meant to carry that shame. So it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. And you kind of alluded to it there is you know, God's forgiven that sin and he did it. And we can't forgive that sin like on ourselves or on somebody else. Um, it's so hard to do. You know, you look back on something you did 10, 15 years ago and you're still like, how could he forgive me for that? And we still carry it when we should, you know, once, you know, make light of it, say, you know, ask forgiveness for it. But once you do that, move on because God's already moved on. He's already forgiven that sin. And, um, I think so many people, including myself, dwell on past sins and we're, <laughs> we're rougher on ourselves than God is. It goes back to self-justification. We want to figure out a way to save ourselves and make it right ourselves and do penance or whatever, but, but we just can't. Faith. We're justified by faith. Um, the next part we were going to talk about was the most compelling parts of the gospel to us. Um, when I think of the gospel, and just the whole Bible in general, is um, no matter what we have done, if we accept Christ as our Savior, um, we're His, and we're forgiven. But He uses flawed people in His story. Um, he did in the Old Testament um, with Moses. You know, he couldn't speak, but had his brother parents to speak for him. Um, and it carries on into the New Testament. Um, one of the stories I love the most is Mary Magdalene. I mean, she had demons. She was a prostitute. Nobody would go near her. But Jesus went to her healed her of her demons, cast them out. And I don't think she gets enough credit sometimes in uh, sermons and lessons of how closely she followed Jesus. I think sometimes she got what he was saying when the other disciples, it just went over their heads. I feel like she was always all in and listening to him. We talked about Paul, how you know he was a murderer, um, going after Christians and then once Jesus reveals himself to him it's a 180 and he writes what two thirds of the New Testament and leads so many people to Christ and then you have Matthew a tax collector that he works for the Romans the Romans don't like him because he's a Jew the Jews don't like him because he's working for the Romans <laughs> and Jesus says follow me and he locks up his tax booth and throws a party for Jesus in his house and just follows him the rest of his life. I think all three of those people you described, I think they loved Jesus deeply. We can't underestimate the importance of the heart mm -hmm. in this transaction. because, Especially as Christians have been long-time Christians. Sometimes we uh, cease to be amazed by grace. Those people seem that to me. That's what's amazing about them. They did not seem to be kind of thinking. Well, I, you know, I'm a pretty good guy. And Jesus found them and radically changed their lives. And and, and they were all in. Like you said, all in. 
And uh, it was love. It was the love of Christ that compelled that. Well, I, I went to my favorite Bible verse. Um, Romans 5, 8. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Sorry. I was sitting in my apartment, and I went to church. I mean, I was, I was a Christian. Um, I was saved when I was really young. I had fallen away. And I went to church, but I didn't ever read my Bible. You know, I just listened, and that, and that was Sunday, and then I did whatever I was doing, you know, I worked, whatever, and then the next Sunday I would go to church. Like, I never made it daily. And I have no idea, no clue why I picked up my Bible that day, but I did. And so I was reading, and I, I was just, like, flipping through, and I stopped, and I read Romans 5, 8, and I was like, And so it, it just kind of made me think about it more. It made me think about how, you know, in your life, uh, you don't have to do any of that. He, while I was sinning, even, I mean, past, present, future sins forgiven when you're saved. But it, it just made me go to that place in my mind where he, lo- like, he loves me. He loves me. Like, he's drawn me to him. Like, I believe me reading that very verse at that time was him being like, hey, hey, I'm right here. You know, you need to, you need to, no, I, I love you. This is, um, you don't have to get your stuff together. Just, you know, read my word, be obedient to me, have a relationship with me. This is part of having a relationship with me, read my word. So anyway, yeah, that, and, and so I, I always go, that's my go-to, um, uh, the most compelling thing about the gospel is that while we were sinners, he died. I mean, we didn't have to do anything to, yeah, it was just a free gift. Um, and then in Matthew, Matthew 9, it says he came to call sinners. So that's, that was his mission here. I don't know. I, I, mean, I guess it was his mission. Um, and then again, uh, both in the big picture of the gospel and, and one of the most compelling things was bringing salvation to Gentiles um, after the Jews were cut off um, and how he's going to bring salvation to them. When, um, that, that, when you read the beginning of the Bible, that does not seem how that's going to go. And then you get there and you're like, oh, okay. And so we're grafted into this um, olive tree and um, then we're going to provoke them to jealousy for this salvation. So, It is an amazing thing that uh, to read the Gospels and how Jesus was drawn to sinners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not because he loved sin, but he loved sinners. And then the flip side of that is he seemed to be pretty repelled by the self-righteous. Mm-hmm. We, we want to say it's the religious people. It's, it's the self-righteous that bothered him. But that caused Jesus a lot of trouble hanging out with sinners, but you know, he went to the people that, that needed him, and uh, they seemed to, most of them, recognize their need for him. And uh, not only did he want to accept them, they were willing to accept him. It was the self-righteous who didn't much care for yeah. for his uh, his grace. And she uh, mentioned Matthew 9, and you know, he talks about he didn't come here, or he came here for the sinners. Uh, somebody as well doesn't need a doctor. It's the sick and the doctor. So is anybody well? 
Nobody's well. <laughs> Nobody's well. We're all sinners. But like you said, the self-righteous, the Pharisees, they thought they had all the answers, and really they didn't have any of the answers. Their self-diagnosis was, we're okay. Right. <laughs> Listen to me. Right. Yeah. 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 Gospel is really the heart of what God's doing in redemption. So we talk, we've been talking about God's big story. He's, he's redeeming, buying back lost people, sinners who are willing to come humbly to Him. And uh, the gospel is the heart of the message, and it should be the message to our hearts. And uh, I think, for me, thinking about Christians, let's don't let our hearts get hard to the gospel. Let's make sure we're, we're still feeling anew and afresh just how much Jesus has done for us. The gospel is amazing news, life-changing news. And uh, it's like a diamond with so many facets and faces that we could look at and think about and dwell on. And I appreciate Russell and Sarah sharing with us some of their thoughts, some of the things that they found and do find most compelling about the gospel. And the question that I asked them, I would now ask each of you as you're listening, maybe there's someone there with you you could share these thoughts with, or maybe just take a minute to think about and maybe write down your thoughts. What is it that you found most compelling about the gospel in that hour that you first believed? Or maybe it was a time when you came to the scriptures like Sarah mentioned and and you found this gospel truth that you had not really thought of or never had really struck you in a powerful way. But in that moment, it spoke to your heart and to your life. What is it that's compelling about the gospel to you? And so I would encourage you to Take a minute and think about these things and share them with others. But as you share them with others, don't just tell them your testimony about the gospel. Tell them the biblical testimony. Share with them from the scriptures what the gospel says and how they can receive Jesus Christ as Savior by believing the truth of the good news of Jesus. I hope you'll join us again next week as we continue thinking about our story in God's big story.